Hello, thank you for joining LTC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing of Hacken. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APACN. Today, you join me for the beginning of a special podcast series on the winter wave of COVID-19. Throughout this series, we will talk with experts about the state of COVID-19, the vaccines and boosters available, and why we need them, and the significance of COVID-19 treatments. Today, my guest is Rob Leffler, the Vice President of Clinical Services for Synchrony Pharmacy. Rob is here today with me to talk about Paxlovid and how providers can work with their pharmacy to get this vital treatment. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Amy. It's my pleasure to be here. There was a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine back in August of 2022 that showed Pfizer's COVID-19 oral antiviral Paxlovid was found to reduce the mortality rate among people over the age of 65 by 81% in a new Israeli study. And I am still hearing that people are reluctant to take this drug. Why should the elderly consider getting the Paxlovid treatment more than they currently do? It's a great place to start, Amy. AMDA actually just did a webinar and talked a lot about the importance of the elderly getting Paxlovid as well, and also reported few elderly people are getting Paxlovid. So that might be where you heard that information, Amy. It's very interesting to me that so few people are seeking this therapy. I want to take a small step backward, though. Up until recently, there were four options for treating COVID-19. The first two were the oral antiviral therapies, one of which is Paxlovid, which we're going to focus on. The other was put out by Merck, which is also an oral antiviral therapy. Paxlovid was shown to be more effective, so that is going to be my first choice to consider for therapy for COVID-19 patients, so that's why we're going to focus on that today. The FDA authorized pharmacists to be able to prescribe Paxlovid, which is very unusual. They did not permit that for the other product because there was not as much data around it. The other two treatments for COVID-19 infection were intravenous. I said were because the FDA just stopped the emergency use authorization on the last IV monoclonal antibody at the end of November. We had several monoclonal antibodies before. Now there are no monoclonal antibodies that the FDA is approving for COVID-19. That leaves us with remdesivir. It's an infused antiviral, but it's only indicated for patients that are hospitalized. So the oral agents are indicated for mild to moderate COVID-19 infections and people that are at risk of progressing to severe COVID. There are several risk factors for developing severe COVID. Advanced age is one of those factors. So these medications have been shown to decrease development of severe COVID, hospitalization, and even death. That's a long way around to say that's why anyone who is elderly should be considered for receiving Paxlovid. It could save a life. Thank you for that great overview of the treatments and where we are today. How can nurses help advocate for COVID-19 treatment within the five-day window after a resident receives a positive COVID-19 test result? You make a very good point with that question. These have to be started within five days of a positive test result. That's how they've been authorized to be used, and the earlier the better. Nurses can advocate 
for COVID-19 treatment by working with physicians as soon as positive test results are received. Simply asking, would this patient be appropriate for Paxlovid therapy starts that ball rolling. There were so many things that had been tried since the beginning of the pandemic, but an oral antiviral is something that we should be encouraging for people that are high risk. Does Paxlovid have any special dosing considerations or drug interactions that nurses need to be aware of? Definitely. There are two big considerations here. Number one, if a patient is going to be started on Paxlovid, there needs to be scrutiny of both their liver and renal function. Patients that have severe liver function should have their prescriber reminded of that. With mild or moderate liver impairment, then it can still be administered and it doesn't actually need any kind of dose adjustment or frequency adjustment. The second part of that first point is if a patient has severe renal impairment, they should not receive Paxlovid. But I'm talking about a GFR of less than 30 mils per minute. If they have moderate impairment or a GFR from 30 to 60 mils per minute, and many of our patients will fall in that category, they should have a dose reduction in their Paxlovid. Whoever is filling this prescription for you should be able to help through any concerns about either liver or renal impairments for those specific patients. The second big consideration, drug interactions. That's actually a pretty big concern with Paxlovid. There are a lot of drug-drug interactions. And rather than going into all the minutia of that, just make sure the pharmacy that will be dispensing the Paxlovid has a list of all medications the patient is receiving so they can properly screen and make any recommendations for changes in therapy as may be necessary. So think about whether the dispensing pharmacy is the regular pharmacy for that patient. There is a list of about 20 to 25 drugs that if a patient is taking, we simply will not want to also give them Paxlovid. Then there are some drugs that we may want to hold while they're taking Paxlovid. It's given twice daily for five days. So in those patients, we may want to hold another medication for about a week. That's the five days that they get Paxlovid and then a few days afterwards to let it clear from their system. There are a lot of drugs that you may just want to be aware of, that there could be a decreased or an increased efficacy, and so they may just recommend that you monitor the patient. If you'll give me a, just a quick second for a side note, and it may be the pharmacy nerd in me, but it's interesting to me that actually Paxlovid's efficacy is predicated on a drug-drug interaction, since we're talking about drug-drug interactions. Paxlovid is a combination product, a combo of two different antivirals. One of the products actually inhibits the metabolism of the product that has the efficacy against the COVID virus. Without the combination, they'd have to dose the active drug many times a day because it has such a short duration of action naturally. It gets metabolized by the body pretty quickly, but by using the combination of these medications, we can dose it just twice daily. Well, that's really interesting information. I wasn't aware of that. Thanks for sharing that, Rob. My last question for you today is, how can residents in skilled nursing facilities get Paxlovid? If you have a primary long-term care pharmacy, which is true of skilled nursing homes, as well as a lot of assisted living facilities, I've not heard of any situations where they're not able to get Paxlovid. And actually, the same is largely true for retail pharmacies. Paxlovid is pretty readily available. 
I would recommend that before you need it, reach out to your primary pharmacy and just make sure that they have it in stock. If they don't, you could ask if they could get a supply in stock. If they don't, you can check with some other local pharmacies. And actually, there's even a directory, if you go to the CDC website, that lists places that have Paxlovid and actually has the number of courses that the CDC believes that they have in stock. So by doing this before you need it the next time you have a positive test result in a patient, you know where you can get Paxlovid from. Then when you have a positive test result in someone elderly or at high risk for progression to severe COVID, you would contact their prescriber to get a prescription or order for Paxlovid. Thank you, Rob. This has been great information for our listeners. Thank you, Amy. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse leaders, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC DON Chat Podcast. Heard the news about how you can improve quality care and increase efficiency with Ability? Ability offers a range of applications to simplify the complexity of healthcare, allowing organizations of all types and sizes to spend more time on care and less time manually collecting, analyzing, and reporting data. This allows you to remain in compliance while making data-driven decisions that benefit residents. With Ability, your facility can improve resident outcomes, optimize reporting data, enhance reimbursements, and much, much more. Discover what Ability has to offer at abilitynetwork.com slash a pack-in.